Good morning. This is the voice of Jones County. In the room today are three people of the voice. There are more. Uh, Richard Tapia is the founder of Voice of Jones County. He couldn't be with us today. But the people who here are here are myself. I'm Greg Griffin, and I'll ask the others to introduce themselves. And I'm Zini Abraham. And I am Marilyn Gray. So we have varied topics when we sit down and talk. <clears throat> it's hard to stay away from politics just having uh, had the caucuses uh, last week and then, of course, the controversies that have arisen from them. And so we thought we'd just touch upon some of those and, um, and uh, perhaps think about alternatives or ways to improve the process here. Zini, you were uh, you had some comments that we started before we started about the caucuses. Do you want to pick those up? Well, this was my first ever caucus, and so I hadn't ever participated before. I was actually registered as a Republican up until this point, but I no longer identify with that party at all. I can't I can't recognize anything that they stand for that I once believed in. And I can't actually say that I am a Democrat, but I, since I don't believe in the direction that the Republicans are going, now it's a them versus us mentality. And so I felt very compelled to stand up and have a voice this time around. So that's where I stand. Mm -hmm. And I thought the caucus went very well. From my end, within our room, it was run very smoothly. The people all were pleasant. It was nice. People felt as though they were contributing to something meaningful, and I thought I think everyone in the room felt that way. I was a little surprised at the at how the votes went. Um, uh, Bernie Sanders didn't didn't get any votes in in our district, which I thought was really interesting. Um, Warren made it through, and um, Buttigieg was was the winner with with three. Um, votes or whatever it is that they win <laughs> and uh, Amy uh, got a vote and Biden just squeaked through with just the minimum so I was it was kind of an interesting um, ordeal to go through and I enjoyed it very much I've been to caucuses before and this year we were on a train coming home to Iowa so I missed it by one day but was watching, you know, and listening for months ahead already, and helped out with the Elizabeth Warren campaign. I had young kids uh, staying at my house for two, three weeks at a time, you know, and they were working. And I'll tell you, they work hard. Oh my oh, gosh, yeah. they do wonderful work. Uh, I just am so impressed with the quality of workers that are out there trying to help the Democrats, I mean, in particular, this was, of course, Warren, but, oh my gosh, I'm sure it's all the same in, in all the different campaigns, probably. And uh, so I can't contribute much more than that, so I'll turn it over to Greg. <laughs> well, I'm curious about how, how, where would you caucus? I know you live in the country, so how, did that, how does that work for people out there like that? I'm in a little town in Oslo. Oh, that's right. You're in Oslo. Yeah. In that town. And they had they had a uh, group there. I know that. Okay. I don't know how it went, you know. Mm -hmm. But I always heard good things from the friends that I asked, you know. But they were in Monticello, and you're in Animal, so right. Mm -hmm. 
uh, the, the, they thought their part went well. <laughs> yes. It, the trouble came when they went to report it, I suppose, is what happened. I don't mm -hmm. know. Yes. But, uh, well, I was in a, another, in a caucus here as well, not in the same precinct as using it, because I, I would have seen you there. <coughs> Pardon me, I'm sure. Um, and our caucusing went well. The, there w were, you know, the full array of will this uh, candidate's people be enough to be able to be viable, and it turned out that every one was viable, and some of them just, just barely, and so all of them were able to participate. We had, no, we'll wait, we had one group that wasn't viable, that was a small little group. Did Andrew Yang make it through? Because he didn't get any votes in mine, um, zero. He he didn't arise. There was no one there to support him. So there weren't candidates I there was who could, by that. could have been viable. There was just he yeah. just wasn't a candidate in our in our uh, precinct. And then um, my wife Posey was a precinct captain in that precinct for the Buttigieg campaign. Each campaign has a precinct captain, and um, so they all participated. And then there's a person who's neutral in charge of making sure that everything's running right that then transmits these results on to appropriate people. <clears throat> and all of that seemed to run fine. And as far as I know, even in the aftermath of all the problems that were had, the mathematics the were correct, the, um, the information conveyed was correct and in the correct format, and all of that stuff. So. It sounded like a debacle from the point of view of the party itself reporting mm -hmm. information. But from our point of view, the party representative in our caucus seemed to be able to get the information out. We weren't hanging around for a long time to, to see. It seemed as though they were cranking along okay. I think I was there just about an hour. Mm -hmm. I don't believe it was much more than an hour. Yeah. I might have gotten there early because everyone said make sure you're there early. So I was there by about 6.30. Mm -hmm. And then we started exactly at 7 o'clock. They shut the door. Somebody came at about 7.10 and they mm -hmm. wouldn't let him in. Mm -hmm. And that's the way it goes. you got to show up on time. And um, I think I was out of there by, I helped clean up the chairs. So that took just a little bit longer. But I'm sure it was like 8.05 when I was gone. Sure, and mm -hmm. someone had told me this can last three hours. So I was, I was thrilled that it only lasted an hour yeah. and that we moved right through it. We just boom, 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 did all the things we were supposed to do. They did the first round and they, then, well, Andrew Yang had four or five supporters in the first round in my section and Bernie also had um, maybe eight, mm. but both of those had to d dissolve and go somewhere else mm -hmm. to make <coughs> other, to, because their candidates weren't viable. So, right. But that all went really quickly and smoothly, and I was really happy with how it was run. So this truly was something from up above. And I've heard through the grapevine that the app just did not work and that the Democratic Party really didn't know it ahead of time. So there's something that's being covered up and somebody isn't being, something isn't being flushed out at the top. So the <clears throat> whatever it was, it seems as though there wasn't adequate preparation and familiarity with the pr the new process 
So yes, with the tech involved, it right. was. I think it was a complete breakdown with the tech involved, mm-hmm. and this is a shame because, well, you were just saying that you had people staying with you mm-hmm. through the process. All of these people that these candidates bring in bring in a tremendous amount of money for our state, and I don't know what the numbers are exactly, but. There were people staying, renting places. You know, I had a friend, Miranda, who was from Ohio. She was on the Cory Booker campaign. She was here all through the summer. I knew her, I've known her since spring, I think is when we first met. And we would hang out and those people eat in our, in our, in our establishments. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. and they bring in a tremendous amount of people and, and money to our, to our state. So. To have the Democratic Party, and if this is specific to the Iowa Democratic Party, screw this up and lose our state as the first, the first voters, this is a shame. Yes, it really is. <laughs> However, maybe it is time for the country to have different places. Maybe it should float around, and maybe Iowa shouldn't be, and maybe New Hampshire shouldn't be the very first states. Maybe it should be other states that have a say, other states with a little bit more diversity, because we were all white in our room, and I bet you were all white in your room, and I'm guessing a lot of the rooms in Iowa were all white, and do we really represent all of the country? That's what I think, too. I think it's going to happen eventually here pretty soon. I think it has to. Well, it'd be more appropriate, I think, too. And I like your idea of maybe circulating it, not having it just one state is first, you know, forever and a day. Mm-hmm. Um, but <clears throat> if there could be some kind of a rotation or something, because we don't have a lot of diversity uh, from any angle in Iowa. And um, thank goodness we're finally getting diverse people involved um, as candidates and, and more diverse people voting too so I you know, I, I kind of see that that's important and should should be capitalized on I have to say that um, I en- I enjoy the caucus process the process of talking with people about candidates I came from back east where it's a voting machine process you you know there's a lot of campaigning and people are, are trying to get you to commit yourselves but you don't have to, and most people don't, um, because it's their vote, and they just don't reveal it. Mm-hmm. So you uh, you study up on the candidates. You on election day, you go into this vo- voting place and uh, go behind a curtain and uh, move the buttons up and down as you can for the candidates you want or don't, and pull the lever, and the vote gets recorded. The curtains open. It's like the Wizard of Oz. You emerge out, and <laughs> then the next voter goes in. So. But I, here, I found it enjoyable. Um, so we caucused in 2016, and then again here, and it was enjoyable hearing the different people talk about their candidates, because they are studying their candidate more than I'm studying the one that I, I kind of like, and they were able to tell me things about their candidates that made me feel like, oh, you know, there's nobody. In th- I'm not feeling scared if that candidate gets the you know, the yeah. nod mm-hmm. and is the candidate um, after the primaries are over because, of, you know, fortunately we had some some good choices. 
So, but I like the I like the give and take. There were some folks that were there, and I I uh, asked them why they were. They I think they were supporting Joe Biden, and I asked them why, and they told me that they really respected him for all the things that he had done. <clears throat> that he's, you know, he's a a great warrior for um, the under the underdog kind of, and um, and that he was part of important pieces of history and over the over the years. And he had, of course, that personal relationship with Barack Obama, which is a, an asset if you're a candidate. You know, it's nice to have him with you. So um, it was very beneficial for me to be able to hear those things. And I'd hate to see the caucus go away for those reasons. It'd be more efficient, probably. But I like the give and take. Yeah, the experience is good. It really mm-hmm. is. I agree with you on that. And we had a candidate who wasn't going to be viable. And two people f- from a very viable group said, we want to go with them enough to make them viable. So at least they can be viable, which was really awesome. Yes. You know, they, they weren't going to hurt their candidate, mm-hmm. who had a lot of people people there, but they wanted th- th- those other folks to be able to continue to take part, which is really Iowa. Well, you, yeah, you and Posey have been to quite a few of these big things, and so have I. And I have been thrilled that they ha- we have so many good candidates, you know, and you could, you could stand behind any of mm-hmm. them, you know, and say, yes, I'll stand behind that person and that one and that one, too. Mm-hmm. Because they have good qualities, they have good goals, um, you know, and uh, that's... So refreshing, yeah. and uh, uh, someone to believe in. Yeah. Truly. Well, and I don't know if I said this in your presence before, but there was an uh, there was a uh, speaker on uh, on um, public radio. It's the Iowa program that's called uh, I don't know. Is it Voice of Iowa? I think that's what it's called. <coughs> anyway. He wrote a book, and I uh, can't tell you his name. I, I, I'm more of a generalist, so I can't tell you any details. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. But his point was that uh, whoever you really like, stick with them. Don't worry about whether they're going to be, um, what's the word they always say? Um, oh, if they can beat the opposition. Yeah, what but what mean? is that word? Viable. No. no, not viable. It's another word. Anyway, it, it boils down to that they can, you know, beat the opposition. And he said, don't worry about that part now. Because he says, what happens is, and he gave many examples in history. And one of them was Gary Hart, if you remember that a few years ago, you know. Mm-hmm. He just screwed everything up for himself. and <laughs> Literally. <laughs> oh, brother. And... Uh, you know, in the end, he's out the door. Well, if you thought he was great, you know, in February or something, and then he messes up in January or June or something, you know, okay, there went your great person, you know. So whoever you, whoever they wanted that election year, uh, it's like stick with your guy or your gal because you never know what could happen. And I feel the same way about it this year. There's so much could change between now in February and November. It's mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's true. So, 
you know, I just think whoever you're really supporting, hang right with them because you never know if they can't get all the way to the electable was the word. You know, everybody, oh, well, mm -hmm. is, it, is that person electable? And, you know, even a dark horse can be electable mm -hmm. if you uh, give them enough time. Who knows what could happen? <laughs> I have to say, um, of course, just I'm going to shift the focus a little bit. <clears throat> um, the three of us are Democrats. We don't have a, a person here at the, in the panel or, or a couple people to talk from the Republican point of view, either from the state, the local Republican or, or county or state Republican point of view or the national Republican point of view. There are uh, many good Republicans who are uh, helping tiny communities and cities throughout Iowa and um, and also good Republicans in our national government. There are, are people who are perhaps, uh, well, not as widely supported, but even for the president, there are obviously many, many, many people who um, who trust him and believe in him and uh, want to support him and have supported him. So we're lacking that perspective here. We just have to acknowledge it. Yes, and that we, <coughs> we recognize that and I'm glad you bring it up. So those who are listening to this, we understand that and and, um, and perhaps in the uh, in the Jones County uh, podcasts or that will uh, come up during the election season, we'll be able to get a few Republicans in so we can have a, a more balanced conversation and, and um, that I think would be desirable if we can do that. So let's, uh, we've got a few minutes left. Um, why don't we think about uh, other topics, local, are there local ones that are of concern? We have little local concerns about the most dangerous intersection. We have the most dangerous intersection in the state of Iowa in our town. We do. <laughs> which is which is a controversy, yes. Which Where is that? At 130th Street and Old Dubuque Road where they run into Route 151. Oh. Yeah. I, th I think the answer that I saw in the paper where they would extend it out to the motorcycle museum, mm -hmm. I think that could be a good answer. Could be, yeah. Bring those, those cars from town up that way, up that hill, so that when they're coming into 151, they have a good, good sight lines mm -hmm. from the coming, the traffic coming from the north. Well, and even exiting Anamosa, if you know, if you got to go out out that far, I think it's better too. So mm -hmm. you might take the on ramp instead because that that section there goes by the school. So you've got to go 25 miles per hour, the whole length of that. That I mean, it's really long where you have to drive mm -hmm. so incredibly slow so if you had to go even further on past I think more people would take a different route <coughs> and we would see fewer people even taking that intersection because maybe because it's I, I think it's painful yeah <laughs> I, I avoid it because I I know well, that it just it's it's just too darn slow for me coming off the interstate or coming off of 151 at 65 miles per hour and then I have to go 25 for what mm. seems like forever before you get past the school zone. So and then it slows down anyways because you're coming into the edge yeah, of town. Yeah, residential so, and so city yeah. and all that. It's not that. like it's a thoroughfare. No. Oh, in the context of Voice of Jones County, I had this thought a day or so ago and I made I called a made a phone call this morning. Um, 
we need more people involved. And I called Amy, um, gosh. What's her last name? <laughs> yeah, what's her last name? <laughs> uh, see, the only name that's coming is, is uh, Klobuchar, because this other girl's <laughs> name begins with a K. And um, anyway, at the... Kelton. Kel Kel Keltner. Keltner. She, Amy Keltner at the Volunteer Center for Jones County. And I thought, I'm going to ask her if she, you know, would have access to people that could be good on mm -hmm. our boards and committees and maybe have knowledge, you know, with equipment and stuff like that. And her suggestion was that we make a list of what we need and their, you know, skills and things like that. And then submit them and see what happens. Good idea. So, yeah, I thought it was. And then she also said we could, uh, she would send me the information how to, um, we could work up our own, you know, she would work with us if we wanted to, but she said you could work up that same list and upload it yourselves, ourselves, um, and she was going to send me the material how to, how to accomplish that. Nice. So we've, we've got an avenue, you know, mm -hmm. and I think, you know, if, if you can get on a big, uh, especially like the, uh, what's her agency, um, the agency behind her anyway, is hey, big. Cap. No, it isn't Hey Cap. It's um, one of those big ones, too, you know, but similar. Anyway, uh, you know, that would be a good thing, and, and a lot of people would see it, I think, you know, and who knows mm -hmm. what could happen. Mm-hmm. So it would be nice to have more voices. Oh, we and, just, it's and, just and if we could highlight some businesses within our podcast too, that might be good. You know, to things to discuss and things that are happening. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if I could do a plug for myself, I I just started a nonprofit called Ageless Art, and I have my own podcast. It's called what? Ageless Art. Ageless art. Okay. Yes, because I do art with seniors in nursing homes, mm -hmm, and I'm all over Jones County doing it. I go all the way to Dubuque, and then I'm all the way on the west side of Cedar Rapids as well, and I'm supported by Above and Beyond. But we need, you know, we, we need more artists doing more art with the elderly because I can only do it. I go to 24 different locations already, so <laughs> I am a road warrior, and I need, you know, we need we need it more than just once a month. These these ladies, especially the ladies, mm -hmm. show up at every session. They don't want to miss it. They love it. And then it becomes a social thing. And they talk with each other. And they show each other their work. And they love to compliment each other. And it becomes a really bubbly, energetic, positive experience. So, you know, if we could be promoting more businesses within our within our area that to well, create good positive vibes, that's what we need in this society right now. You were you were talking about you're going to 24 different places. Is that what you said? Mm -hmm. See, I was doing the same thing with senior dining, taking care of two a month, double that up. Okay, that's 24. Yeah, and not having much help. Mm -hmm. And I just said that's enough of this, you know. And I found four people that I thought in that already work with me that would be good as uh, leaders. And then I divided up the year into, like like I already was doing January, so somebody else takes February, next person takes uh, March, April, and May, you know, goes down the line. Then they start over again. 
That way they, they got plenty of time between months, you know, and they got plenty of, uh, they're only having to do it two times in the month that they have. So that leaves a lot less responsibility on my shoulders because I still got to find live music every <laughs> for each month. And I've got, I take care of the, uh, the funding, the money, no, not the funding, the money that uh, gets collected and counted and two people do it, me and one other person. And then we send it to Anamosa. And uh, we also, on the days we have live music, we have a little basket goes around and uh, we also, the two of us, count that so that there's awareness. And <clears throat> so it'll make life a lot better for everybody, uh, particularly me, because I think, my God, I'm almost 80 years old. Come on. <laughs> What's the live music for? Where does it get? Senior dining. Senior dining. Senior dining in, uh, in Wyoming. Mm -hmm. uh, Lisa has it here in uh, Anamosa, too. And we have some... We use some of the same people, <laughs> but uh, I really want to work on that. I would like, if I could possibly do it, to get uh, music on the second meal of the month out there in Wyoming, too, because people want it. They'll hang around for it. But here's the thing. These artists spend a lot of time hauling their things, practicing mm -hmm. their craft, mm -hmm. and they're not getting paid. This is where... This is where Ageless Art steps in and says, we provide, because we've had donors who support music, because donors want the elderly or seniors to have music at their, at their events, mm -hmm. we then can help pay an artist. So you're not searching. You're not having to find somebody. There's actually artists lined up who want to be paid because it is hard to be an artist. It is hard to oh, be yeah. a professional artist and make it. any money. I'm supported by Above and Beyond. As I said, they support 13 of the different sessions that I go to. And then other sessions, the, the nursing homes pay me for. Mm -hmm. So I, I am getting funding. Mm -hmm. But I want to make it affordable so that they, the nursing homes, instead of paying me for one session, their money that they can, they can allot will pay for two sessions because someone else has paid or supported me in a different way so that I can go to their place and go and have art with their aunt or their grandmother or their great-grandmother a couple times a month. And it's not just me. It would be different projects and different artists and different musicians and a variety of things. We have, and it could be with children too. You know, we there's all kinds of opportunities and what I do specifically is art that's really simple that anyone can do that simply gets you creating because they have found and science proves they can now measure it that your brain reconnects synapses that were once broken when you do creation mm -hmm. and that's that's through music and dance and art any of it any, any of it, art <laughs> any form of art mm -hmm. even watching someone draw mm -hmm. so if if Grandma can't actually do it, but you want to come and participate and let her help you or just participate in any way. Just sitting there watching it helps her brain. Mm -hmm. And we, aren't, we are not addressing these things in the way that we should. And I absolutely agree that we should have more music. Get these people up and move their bodies a little bit. Get them dancing. 
Get them well, just you, shaking a little. stood in place. Yeah, so just stand in place and wiggle. Yes. <laughs> help you out. Yes. I'm going to intrude about a moment because we're coming down to the where we have to, to conclude. But we've had some interesting conversations that we could pick up on in, in different ways in subsequent podcasts. Um, for example, getting some of the people that you're talking about, some of the artists who might come and, and spend just a few moments sharing their art. This would, of course, be art we could hear instead of art we can see. Sure. But, um, but uh, those are things that we might use to or have to uh, lighten up and, and change our, our podcasts and also give a little bit of airtime to uh, folks who need it and who are interesting to talk with and be with. Um, we could just have local artists send us clips of their music as yeah, well and, right. and feature them. And I idea. happen to know quite a few local artists. So it's a great idea. Yeah. So this is Voice of Jones County. It's a podcast. Um, today is Thursday, the 13th of February. And uh, we've been, this is Greg Griffin, uh, who has the tape recorder. And then we've <laughs> been graced with the presence of Zini. Zini Abraham. Abraham and Marilyn Gray um, as panelists. Thank you for listening. Thank you.